Are you accepting it? No, of course no. not. Rubbish. The government is not accepting it. Well, Welcome to Two Grumpy Hacks, the podcast. I'm Malcolm Farr, and of course, we're with Dennis Atkins. And this is the year of the fire hose of falsehood. Dennis, uh, the, the budget coming up on Tuesday, I can't look at this economic statement without thinking that it's um, pretty hardcore prep for an election. Uh, that, that's the sort of thing um, this bloke Scott Morrison does as Prime Minister. Uh, uh, he has a couple of imperatives beyond his political future. He also has to uh, ensure the economy recovers from the pandemic recession. But that leaves a, a couple of questions. One is, will all this money that we've been hinted at and told will be spent, will it hit the right spots to look after uh, Scott Morrison's political prospects and rejuvenate the economy and push up wages and, and employment? And secondly, when will the money arrive? It's all very well for a big spending treasurer to promise gold toilets for everybody uh, in Australia. But if they're not going to turn up for 30 years or so, it, it leaves uh, a certain amount of doubt as to the uh, sincerity of the proposition. How do you see the coming budget? Well, the budget is coming. I think it's got to be seen in the context of what has happened since the pandemic arrived just over 12 months ago. And what's happened in the lead up to this budget is that the government has pumped uh, almost $200 billion, uh, about $196.2 billion as of the end of March, of, uh, of stimulus into the economy in one way or another. Um, now, this has been magically paid for by the Reserve Bank printing uh, magically $196 billion worth of new money. Um, but anyway, put that to one side. Now, all of that is, has already had a, an economic impact. A lot of it is going to continue to have an economic impact over the next 12 months. The government is going to not put the brakes on in this budget. Far from it, the Treasurer has said uh, this is the wrong time to move to austerity or to do anything to slow down. He won't use the word stimulus, but that's what he's talking about, to slow down stimulus. And so there is going to be a lot of big spending. Uh, he's talking, even before the budget is released, about $10 billion in extra spending for aged care over the next four years. Some of that money is going to have to get out fairly quickly, and that will have a direct impact on the economy. Now, whether it lands in the right spots, We'll have to wait and see if the money is spent wisely and quickly in age in places like aged care where it's desperately needed and where it can be used quickly uh, you know, um, uh, at a pace, then it will have an e a big economic impact. Yeah. Whether, whether, whether it's going to increase wages, increase jobs, that's the big unknown. Uh, for everything the government's been doing so far, uh, it's replaced jobs that were lost, but it hasn't done a lot to create a lot of new jobs so, uh, just yet. Yeah, uh, there have been contradictory reports as to whether the government will proceed uh, with tax cuts for the relatively wealthy. How do you think it's going to turn out in that area? 
Well, I don't think it will. Um, you know, the, I think the government realises that, uh, that politically that would be a, a hard sell. Um, instead, they're extending the low income tax offset um, uh, for those at the other end of the, the scale. Um, and I think that, you know, as you pointed out, you know, there's going to be a lot of getting ready for the next election about this budget. Um, and the, the real question, I think, is going to be fairly soon, um, you know, probably not in the, the weeks after the budget, but certainly in the next month or so after the budget, whether or not the public are happy enough with the budget uh, for Scott Morrison to chance an election at about grand finals time in September. Yeah, that will be interesting. Look, it, it should be acknowledged, uh, to be fair, that the, the economic recovery is bouncing along at, at a pretty good rate. Uh, as we've said, we're going to have to look at uh, wages and employment uh, <clears throat> over a longer term, but the signs are all pretty good, aren't they? Um. What for for wages? Growth? No, no, no. For broad for broad economic recovery. Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, you know, we, we it, the economy collapsed by seven percent last year. So you know, if it's not going to recover, we're in serious trouble. Um, you know, there there had to be a bounce back, and we've seen a good, strong bounce back, and this has been experienced around the world, and that's why a lot of uh, you know, economic analysts have have likened the economic impact of this pandemic uh, to be very different to a normal economic crisis, saying this is more like when a tsunami hits a local economy. Uh, you know, eventually the tide goes out and it goes out pretty quickly and then you rebuild and, and the economy gets back on its feet. Uh, and that's sort of what's happened. That is sort of what has happened with this pandemic, especially in relation to Australia. <clears throat> now, some overseas economies are having more prolonged experiences, uh, but we have very much had something like uh, you know, a tsunami event, uh, sort of massive wave comes in, wipes out a whole lot of stuff, wave goes back out, people rebuild and you know, dust themselves off. So yes, there will be a bounce back and, and, and the economy will grow. Um, and thanks to China buying our iron ore, which is at record prices, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of money coming in. Uh, and also uh, the projections for welfare spending, uh, which were very dire and at the very pessimistic end of the scale, uh, are, are not being realised and therefore that side of the equation uh, and that side of the budget is, is going to be healthier. So, you know, all around Australia has been very fortunate. Uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, sort of everything is going to be rosy for everybody, but it's going to be rosy enough for enough people, I think, to uh, keep the political fortunes of the government intact and uh, the economic fortunes of the country intact. One of the big spends is going to be... Uh, something like half a billion dollars that the Prime Minister has said will be dedicated to turning Howard Springs outside Darwin into a major quarantine centre. $500 million, I mean, over forward projections, etc. And in his press release uh, confirming them, he's renamed Howard Springs the Centre for National Resilience. I don't think I've come across a more trite 
uh, uh, labelling uh, in politics. It quite clearly is an attempt at verbal camouflage for the shortcomings this government has uh, inflicted uh, on the population in terms of, of putting up uh, uh, adequate and appropriate quarantine facilities. And it just sounds so ugly. But we know Scott Morrison likes a slogan. And as you touched on, he's going to have to convince the folks that, uh, well, if he can convince the folks that he's a wonderful budgeteer, he might go to an early election. I wonder what slogan he can use um, uh, for this budget, you know, um, urge the splurge. I, I don't know. what. Any ideas at all? You're, you're a creative type. Any ideas? Uh, well, um, may, maybe he might take a uh, sort of leaf out of the books of um, Coca-Cola and, and call it uh, call it uh, the budget for, for the new Australia. Uh, you know, sort of, <laughs> yeah. you know, sort of a, a bit like new Coke. I mean, yes, you know, he... <laughs> New Coke didn't work all that well, but anyway, uh, look, um, he does. I, I was gobsmacked when when I uh, realised we had a centre for national resilience. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't no. believe it, and and I, I was on the phone to my local MP saying I want one in my neighbourhood. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Um, you know, well, if only, it, only we'd thought of that instead of two grumpy hacks before we started this podcast. But anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, the, I mean. You know, this this guy he, he is capable of turning words into a whole lot of nothing or even more nothing i mean you know he, he he's given a a pre budget interview to the weekend media uh and and he talks about how australia might come out of lockdown um and he he says you know sort of well you know we might have a, a time when australians uh, who are vaccinated might be able to come home and be exempted from restrictions. And then he says this, and this is a direct quote. So that's the next step. So you ask yourself the question, which state or territory is going to adopt that? I can't tell you. I don't know. Now, we look at COVID not necessarily as a short term, but as a medium term challenge. That's where our minds turn. I mean, what does that mean? It means nothing. It's blather. <laughs> look at me. I can open and close my mouth. I mean, you know, I mean, so so you know, um, what 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 slogan will he come up with? He'll come up with one. I can tell you that. You know, um, you know, how good is twenty twenty two? You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 something like that. Now, look, m mentioning um, Howard Springs, or pardon me, the Centre for National Resilience, the government and the Prime Minister at the forefront uh, managed to balls up what could have been. A, uh, a widely applauded mercy mission to bring Australians in India back home. Uh, he, it, of course, it was a complex uh, task. Uh, there, there are a lot of people there with various degrees of vulnerability to, to the rampant COVID going through the subcontinent. Uh, it would never have been easy, but this guy added his own problems to it. In, in you know, in, in a masterly fashion, he made it even more complex. Uh, well, I mean, this has got to damage his standing, surely. Oh no, I think most 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 members of the public will realise that it was all the media's fault. They they <laughs> they, they were the ones who who sort of you know. Uh... I mean, yeah, uh, yes, yeah. He he did. He he stuffed it up. He he went too far, and when he went too far and got caught out, and he even upset 
his his mates Andrew Bolt and Carl Stefanovic. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and and Koshy. I mean, you're in serious trouble when when uh, your your mates turn on you and say you're a, a blathering idiot. Uh, you know, he then didn't know where to turn, so he he said, "Oh no, hang on, I didn't do it. It was them. It was it was." Uh, he couldn't blame the states for this, so he blamed the media uh, and said it was the media's fault for reprinting what was put in a press release that was issued at midnight by his health minister. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, uh, it, it is extraordinary, and um, uh, yeah, this this is a guy who uh, I pointed this out in in something I. I wrote a day or so ago that, that, you know, last year he jumped all over the Premier of Queensland, Anastasia Palaszczuk, for refusing uh, to let a a woman from Canberra come to her father's funeral in Brisbane uh, because of the border restrictions. Uh, And he said, is this country... Uh, he, he wondered whether or not Australia was in danger of losing its humanity, you know. And mm. I mean, at the time, mm. I, I I couldn't believe it. But after what he's done to the Indian community and and to, you know, to Australian citizens who are trying to get home desperately, you know, I just think that you know the the shallowness, the hollowness, the f- fakery, and the fraudulent nature of this guy is just breathtaking. Yes, uh, look, I might be able to disagree with you, but instead I'll move on. <laughs> look, uh, we'll, we'll move to, to our mailbag. And look, we know it's an email bag, but uh, forgive it. Sir. And uh, if you want to ask us questions or make observations, just send an email to two grumpy hacks. That's numeral two grumpy hacks, one word, at gmail.com. Uh, it, it might be appropriate to move to uh, an email we receive. Uh, from Richard from far north Queensland. He says, has the capacity for shame disappeared from Australian politics and public life? I think there might be um, a, a few punters out there who do, in fact, think that the the absence of a fully functioning conscience seems to be a bit of an essential in, in model, modern politics. But are they just being cynics and sceptics, do you think, Bill? No, I think they're just uh, uh, you know, sort of rational observers. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And, and and it's not just Australia. It, it, unfortunately, uh, it's an international phenomenon. Um, you know, the I think a couple of things have happened. The 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 politics of politics has become more transparent, and people have been able to see the sausage being made, and that's never a pretty sight. Uh, mm. And the more they see the sausage being made the more they realise just how you know, unattractive uh, that process is and how naked and, and um, uh, you know, uh, deceitful and, and you know, whatever else you want to call it. Uh, mm. the, the other thing that has happened is that, that, that uh, you know, politicians have grown to realise that if they do something wrong, they tough it out, the, the caravan moves on very quickly now because the news cycle moves so fast and they get away with it. So shame has gone out the window in this process. And I, I think this is an, almost an acceptance of this, as you, you were alluding to. Uh, I, I think that um, people think, yeah, well, that's how politics uh, goes. But, you know, you know if, if these mutts are going to uh, you know, not be particularly liable to tell the truth or to 
do anything apart from look after themselves. Uh, uh, you know, instances are like George Christensen trying to bodgy up a, uh, reportedly trying to bodgy up a, 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 uh, a, a, being shunted from his office so he can get an extra hundred grand payout from the taxpayer. Yeah, people look at that and they do more than sigh, but worse, they accept it. Well, this is the way the machinery runs. And it's that sort of acceptance uh, that that accommodates people like Scott Morrison and uh, Boris Johnson and and Donald Trump. But uh, all we can do is is, uh, mull over these various uh, absences of shame, as you point out. We've got another letter uh, here, Peter from Adelaide. And it's an interesting approach to the operation of the opposition at the moment. Peter asks, is there a reason why Richard Miles maintains his position? That is, as uh, deputy leader of the opposition, uh, Labor deputy leader. Surely the most ineffective deputy since Jim Cairns. Wow. Um, And uh, Peter seems to be a fan of uh, Tonya Plebiscic. Um, who was uh, before Richard Miles, and he calls her a, a an eloquent communicator who lost her status due to being left-handed or some such triviality. Um, what do you think of Richard? Look, look he's, he's a very important person in the Victorian right. Um, uh, he has a, a great deal of, of moderating uh, influence, one could put it that way. What do you think of his work? Uh, oh, look, yeah, Richard... Miles is is a competent politician, and as you say, you know, sort of he he does sort of uh, play the part of a big cog in in the wheels of Victorian politics. Um, unfortunately, you know, sort of, uh, I think that he he suffers from a problem that uh, is too prevalent in the modern day Labor Party, and that is the "it's my turn" problem. Uh, whereas it was his turn. For a leadership slot, and he and he got it. Um, uh, you know, I I I think that Labor could have done better, um, uh, and uh, I think it's a pity that they don't have a, a woman in a in a senior position at the moment. Um, you know, they're they're sort of my observations. Yeah, yeah. Look, Peter also adds something that uh, I find particularly hurtful. Um, he he adds as a PS. I think you have the two Ronnies uh, sign-off ask about. I think it's, and it's good night from me, and it's good night from him. Well, look, this this suggests that we are plagiarists, and we're not plagiarists. We are not plagiarists. We create our own sign-offs. We don't steal from other people. I mean, I, I find that terribly offensive. So just to end up until next week, um, it's good night from him. And it's good night from me.